Friday, April 7th, 2017 here on the Patriots Eat Podcast. On this episode, we break down all of the Richard Sherman news, and we'll also be going over the rest of the cornerback depth chart as we break down who are some of the draftable corners that the Patriots could draft. No guests for you guys this week, a pretty short show, but we'll have a good one just the same. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Patriots Beat Podcast. I am your host, Harris Rubenstein. Very happy to be with you on this glorious Friday. Obviously, it's a Thursday for me recording this, but go find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash CLNS fans, and go find us on Twitter at CLNS Radio, and go find me at CLNS underscore Sportsdean. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it has been a very quiet couple of weeks for uh, for the Patriots. You know, all the Malcolm Butler stuff finally died down. You know, they they signed all the guys they were looking for. This then, oh my God, the New England Patriots are are rumored, 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 and we're gonna probably shoot down these rumors by the end of the episode. But the New England Patriots are rumored to be trying to trade. For none other than Seahawks cornerback Richard Sherman. Now, if you ask me, if you ask me, this sounds like a whole lot of baloney. But we'll we'll give you the full coverage. We'll give you the full, uh, all the information that we know. As well as talking about, obviously, you know, go go listen to the, uh, the Red Sox Beat podcast. But holy cow. Crap sauce is Chris Sale a good pitcher? <laughs> oh my goodness. Obviously, this isn't a Red Sox podcast, but I think that 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 just needs to be said uh, before anything else is, holy cow, Richard Sherman's great. But uh, Richard Sherman, Chris Sale, both of them are insane. But let's get into the Richard Sherman news. Enough of the baseball. We're confusing ourselves too much. But the Richard Sherman news kind of came out of nowhere. We had heard a little bit about it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, there were just little little blips on the radar about how the Seahawks were shopping Richard Sherman and that the Patriots might be interested. Uh, I think this was right around the time where they were where we just started to hear about the uh, about the stuff with Malcolm Butler going to the Saints and uh, his anger with Stephon Gilmore. And then all of a sudden everyone was asking, well, who's going to be their other corner opposite Gilmore. And then all of a sudden, boom, someone dropped. Oh, it might be Richard Sherman. So now here we are. So I believe it was Jeff Howe yesterday who sent the Patriots world into a spiraling descent of madness. Uh, he tweeted out that the Patriots were in fact interested in trading for Richard Sherman and tried to as well. And then there was a report that came out that said Malcolm Butler was okay with them trying to trade for Richard Sherman because him and Richard Sherman are actually buddies. So, you know, count, count me in the group of people that didn't expect Malcolm Butler and Richard Sherman to be good buddies. But, you know, you, you, you never know in this sport. Everyone, everyone, you know, everyone's friends. So 
this Richard Sherman news to me um, is a load of crap. Um, and it sounds it sounds like the Seahawks and Malcolm Butler are using the Patriots as a way to put their message out there because. You know, the, the obviously there was a report that came out this morning, obviously this being Thursday before being released on Friday. There's a report that came out Thursday morning from Tommy Curran that says the Patriots actually weren't interested. And then there was another report from the Seahawks or from, from, blah, 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 from Pro Football Talk that the Seahawks were looking for a player and a high draft pick for Richard Sherman. So very, very high cost for Richard Sherman, which, to be totally honest, isn't surprising at all. It's Richard Sherman. He's arguably the best corner in all of football, has been the best corner in football for about the past three years now, and, you know, is on one of the best contracts in football, you know, despite whatever all, you know, everyone wants to have an opinion about how he uh, communicates with the media and how he treats people, blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Richard Sherman is an excellent player. He is he's incredibly intelligent. Has I think has a great brand around him, and obviously he's just a guy that you'd want on your defense. Richard Sherman is a great player, and I think any team in the NFL will be lucky to have him, regardless about what you think of of his actions or his attitudes or whatever. I'll take his playing style. Any day of the week. He's an f- outstanding corner and he'd match up great alongside Stefan Gilmore. There would have to be some sort of nickname for the for both of them because they both have those crazy dreads. However, uh, I don't I don't know if they'd uh, if they'd be able to come up with a nickname for them. But you know, you want to talk about best corner uh, best uh, secondaries in football. Uh, Stefan Gilmore, Malcolm Butler, and Richard Sherman probably takes probably takes the damn cake. You know, I, I don't really think you can get much better than two top five corners in football and another top ten corner. Uh, I don't really know where you play those guys. I don't really know how you divvy it up slot or outside or whatever. But having those three corners would obviously be absolutely excellent. And another thing uh, that I thought was interesting, probably a reason that uh, the Patriots won uh, uh, Sherman over other corners, he's an excellent Excellent tackler, and we all know, we all know how much uh, uh, Bill Belichick loves corners who can tackle. He unfortunately lost his favorite corner who can tackle Logan Ryan this offseason, but we'll definitely be interesting to see what the rest of the offseason brings us. I just, you know, I I keep, it's interesting to me, you know, we'll analyze this a little bit. It's interesting to me that there's been so much, you know, the, the, the total focus of this offseason on this defense has been the secondary. Despite the fact that if you ask me, I actually think the secondary is the strongest part of this defense. I'm honestly surprised we've heard nothing about the linebacker position. They've only signed, I believe, one defensive end or just defensive lineman in general, and that was Lawrence Guy. I could totally be mistaken. But... It's just interesting, you know, you hear so much talk about the cornerback position and Malcolm Butler and Stephon Gilmore and who they're going to bring to replace Logan Ryan and Cyrus Jones and Justin Coleman not being ready. But, you know, you, you, you go into the year, let's say even you lose Logan Ryan, you keep Malcolm Butler, but 
You're still going to the season. You're probably going to draft another corner. You still have Malcolm Butler at the one. You'll probably have to sign someone for the number two. You could probably get someone cheaper than you probably could have gotten someone cheaper than Gilmore for the number two spot. But it's just interesting that they spent so much of their time uh, this offseason focusing on a position and a part of the team that last season was arguably the, the strongest part of their entire defense. I would have liked to see way more of a focus this summer or this summer, this spring on, um, excuse me, on the linebacker position. I know they signed Dante Hightower. That doesn't really count to me because they had to re-sign him to have a linebacker position in general. But I just look at the depth behind Hightower and it worries me. You know, we'll see. I don't know if Van Noy can replicate what he did last season. He had a great year, no question, but you know, it was only for about eight games. He wasn't great in the playoffs. Um, but again, you know, Van Noy was okay. Uh, I, I think Shea McClellan is bad. I, I, I really don't think he had a good year at all. He had that one really cool play where he jumped over the center on the field goal attempt, which you can't do anymore because the NFL sucks. But, you know, n- no, no fun for anyone. However, I don't think Shea McClellan is a, is a good enough backup for what they're trying to do on defense. And then you look at the, uh, excuse me, then you look at Alanid Roberts, who as soon as they gave him a legitimate spot on the defense, I personally believe that as soon as they did, they kind of, he, he kind of flamed into the background. He didn't do anything. He just, there was such an issue with him covering people, there's an issue with him missing his gaps. It kind of reminded me of Dante Hightower in his second year of football where just no matter what he did, he just kept choosing incorrectly. He just hit the wrong holes. He'd cover the wrong guy. He was just, you know, he was just in a string of bad decisions. And, you know, as good as the flashes were of Landon Roberts, if you're the Patriots, you have to look at your linebacker position and go, "Ee, we probably need to shore this up a little bit. We probably need to find a suitable starting linebacker next to Hightower. I just don't think that the roster of guys you have right now is going to make up for it. You have three guys who, if you had one really good guy, could do the entire could do the same thing. And I know I brought I keep I brought up a lot last season that oh it's really nice because you can take what Jamie Collins did and split into three people. It was really good in the middle of the season when you when it kind of confused teams and you're able to be incredibly versatile. However, going into week one with that being your primary second linebacker position. I think is much worse because therefore if you, now if you're a team, you can game plan around that rather than being stunned by the versatility of the position. I know that's a little bit silly of a concept. However, it, I think it's been proven time and time again that the adapting of the NFL takes about eight games. Uh, we saw it with, it takes about eight games or an entire season. Um, because if you look at the the Patriots with their two tight end system, teams did not really catch on until the year after they did it, which was 2012. Because uh, 2011, when they had Hernandez and Gronk, they were just unbeatable. But when but then 2012 came around. Obviously, Hernandez was gone. But that was when the rest of the NFL started to catch up with the two tight end position. So it just it, you know that that's just one example. But there are a lot of different examples, I believe, throughout the NFL. You know, Wildcat is one of them. It took a season for the uh, for the NFL to adjust 
So again, it just it takes time for these things to adjust. And I think if you're the Super Bowl champion, you you, you got an extra target on your back, obviously. So more teams are going to be looking. All right, how can we exploit a defense last year that while it gave up a ton of yards, did not give up a ton of points? And I think right now the biggest hole on this defense is that second linebacker position next to Hightower. If, you know, just. Any slot guy or any tight end right now is going to destroy this defense. Any good slot guy or good tight end is going to really do damage to the defense. So watch out uh, for the Patriots to make a move to the linebacker position in the draft or right before the draft. They just they really need to shore up the position. I think a, uh, a nice piece there could really do them well. We're going to take our first commercial break. Uh, when we come back, we are going to do a little cornerback draft talk and uh, see if there's anyone they could trade up. Like I said, unfortunately, no guests this week. Uh, we were going to have a guy come on and talk corners with us. I'm going to keep his name a secret because we might keep him, uh, bring him on later. But uh, unfortunately, he backed out on us. Uh, just, you know, it's, it's, it's draft time. So it's a, it's a pretty busy time of the year. But uh, we'll, we'll have him on either next week or the week after that. We'll see. But without further ado, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about draftable cornerbacks. All right, team, welcome back to the Patriots Beat Podcast. Let's break down. <coughs> Woo, terrible way to restart the segment. Haha. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's move on to a couple draftable corners that the uh, Patriots might look to uh, in the upcoming draft. Obviously, we're going to be stuck around the third round uh, and obviously around the fourth round since the Patriots do not have a first or second round pick. So the first guy we're going to be taking a look at is Sidney Jones, cornerback from Washington. So Sidney Jones is one of the best corners in the entire draft. Outstanding career at the University of Washington. Um, you know, 10 passes broken up in, uh, in his senior year, four interceptions, 45 tackles, and three forced fumbles. And then the season before that, 39 tackles, six tackles broken up, three picks, and two forced fumbles. Very good cover corner on the outside, can run with receivers, good feet, good agility, gritty player. Um, I'm a big fan of his. He's not... Um, he's not quite as good as someone as Marshawn Lattimore or Marlon Humphrey, but he's still very good. However, the reason that we are talking about him and he's not being talked about the first round of the draft anymore, Sidney Jones tore his Achilles while working out at his pro day. Now, that to me sounds like an opportunity for any NFL team to reach up and grab one of the best corners in the entire draft a little bit later. I think he's going to be drafted in the early third round, if not the late second round, right where the Patriots are going to be. And, you know, 
what's great about him is that you could probably give him a couple of weeks to heal uh, while you have uh, Butler, uh, Gilmore, and Cyrus Jones as your one, two, three, which is fine. I'm okay with Cyrus Jones at the three. I think he'll be a good cover corner next year. But this gives Sidney Jones a chance to heal, learn the playbook a little bit, kind of see how the secondary works through things, and then you bring him in as your number three, your number four, or number sl- or your slot corner, depending on uh, what dime or what nickel you're currently playing. So if you want a guy and you're looking for someone that is more of a stash rather than a day one player, then Sidney Jones is the man for you. I'm not going to talk about Jordan Lewis uh, from Michigan. He had a domestic violence incident. The Patriots have made it very clear that they are not dealing at all with anyone with any sort of background in domestic violence, due to obviously due to one of the biggest foundations that Myra Kraft had during uh, the time of her life. Unfortunately, obviously, as we know, she passed away, and it still uh, is a big part of. Um, a lot of uh, Bob Kraft's current foundation. So no Jordan Lewis for the New England Patriots, despite his uh, the misdemeanor that it ended up being. They're not going to touch those guys. But a man that I want to talk about, and I swear to God, this is this I've wanted this guy on the Patriots since his sophomore year of college, and that is Desmond King, a cornerback out of Iowa. Guy's a two-time uh, winner of the best cornerback in college award, except he had a really, really iffy. Uh, senior season, but he had a great, uh, excuse me, a great senior bowl. Some people think he might end up being a safety because he isn't very fast. However, I see an instinctive quarter, uh, corner, great ball skills. I think that he can do a really good job as a number two corner in the NFL. He had eight interceptions and 13 passes broken up in his junior year of college. His senior year, 58 tackles, seven passes broken up, three picks and a fumble. He can kick and punt return. He's good coverage, but I also think he's a good special teamer. Teams generally avoided throwing his way in college. I think he's a very good guy. He's a little bit smaller of a corner, only about 5'10", or 5'9", 5'10", 206. Uh, and he only runs about a four five forty. But I I look at Desmond King and I see a guy with instincts, and I see a guy who really just knows how to play the cornerback position. He has great instincts at the position. He has good ball skills, like I keep saying. And it's tough to find guys who are better corners than they are athletes. And I think that's what Desmond King is. And I think that's something that's important in today's NFL. It's always good to have, uh, obviously, superior athleticism. But knowledge of the position is something the Patriots have constantly looked towards, especially when you look at a guy like Jordan Richards, Deron Harmon. Uh, Justin Coleman was lauded uh, for his intelligence of the position coming out of college. So those are guys that uh, the Patriots usually usually target in the draft. Another guy, and a guy that the Patriots have brought in for a visit in the past week, is Cameron Sutton, the cornerback from Tennessee, 5'11", 182, also ran a 4'5", So he had a, another guy who had a better year, his junior year than uh, junior year than he did his senior year. Very physical defender, uh, solid uh, solid corner, twenty eight tackles, one pick, six uh, passes broken up. His junior season, uh, he can do punt returns as well. He had an incredible. Um, Excuse me, uh, sophomore season, 37 tackles, three picks, 13 passes broken up, and four tackles for a loss. Uh, it was also one of the better freshmen, and he kind of, as he aged well, he just he's a, quietly was a very good player for them. He had a decent um, senior season. 
eight tackles, two for loss, and a pick in 2017. Unfortunately, he only played in a couple of games. He was dealing with injuries. I think he it was an ankle injury. He ended up having ankle injury, foot injury, some sort of leg injury. So another guy who will probably fall to pretty late in the draft. Um or excuse me, probably closer to the fourth round, I think, for a guy like Cameron Sutton. Not incredibly proven. However, you know, it's tough to draft a guy high, especially a corner where he's coming off a a pretty bad ankle injury that caused him to miss an entire season. But Patriots brought him in for a visit. I think what they're going to like out of him, again, very, very good tackler, very physical defender off the uh, cornerback position. They love guys who can make good tackles off the edge. This guy seems to be a mini Logan Ryan, a little bit smaller than Logan Ryan. Uh, Logan Ryan's about 6'1 and about 210, whereas Sutton is, like I said, 5'11, 180. So, Sutton is another guy who I think that they, they'll be very interested in and obviously already brought him in for one of their private visits. So definitely keep a look out for him. So one more guy that I'm going to bring up. This is, this is, this is kind of a, a personal dude. We'll see. He wasn't great at the senior bowl, but I think that you throw on this guy's tape and he is great. His name is Chidobi Awazui. Awuzi, excuse me, Tadobi Awuzi is a cornerback from Colorado. He's six foot two oh five and runs a four four three. He was incredible in his junior year. Eighty four tackles, twelve for loss, four sacks, seven passes broken up, and two picks. And then last year he had sixty five tackles, twelve passes broken up, one pick, four sacks. Um, this is a guy who is incredibly athletic, incredibly versatile. I think he's more of an in-the-box safety than he is a corner, but he has proven that he can cover. He has size, he has speed, and he has great ball skills. I think this, this like I was talking about with uh, Buda Baker um, on my chat sports segment, this guy it looks to me as a Patrick Chung replacement. Great size, great speed, great athleticism, uh, incredible instincts at the position, and I, I don't think he has the coverage skills to stay on the outside. I think we saw that he got a little bit exposed in the senior bowl as a guy who has decent coverage skills, but at the same time, isn't a guy who you want to throw out there on his own on the outside. But however, I think that, um, I think that, uh, Awuzi is going to be a pretty good addition for any defense in the NFL. Very athletic, very versatile, and a guy that I think will match up very well in the NFL in that, uh, in that, what, what do they call it now? Uh, the hybrid linebacker position, the Dion Buchanan, Patrick Chung, Jalen Collins position that has been mastered over the past couple of years. So those are the corners I think the Patriots need to look out for. Actually, one more guy. We're going to go. We're going to do one more guy because uh, I, I really like him and I think he's going to fall pretty far in the draft. And that is Tease Tabor from Florida. Why is Tease Tabor going to fall? Because Tease Tabor ran a 4-6. Woo, sorry. My uh, girlfriend ESPN is calling me. Just kidding. Uh, Tease Tabor ran a 4-6-40 at his pro day. And if you are a team looking for a corner – 
you are not going to want a four six uh, guy who runs a four six forty. However, I believe that he's still going to be a very good outside corner. He's not going to be able to cover the fast guys down the field like the Julio Jones and the Odell Beckham Juniors, but he will be able to cover the the Brandon Marshalls and the Alshon Jeffries, the bigger receivers. Guy comes in at six foot, two hundred pounds, was a very very good corner at Florida. Four interceptions, six passes broken up last year. Great ball skills, superb instincts. Um, my one problem is that. He He's not a great guy in run defense. Um, he's not very aggressive, but he's an incredible cover corner. Again, a guy who more understands the position than he does uh, having distinct athleticism. He does have a couple off the field uh, issues, but I do believe that Tease Tabor could be a very, very, very talented guy to pick up in the third round if he's still available. So those are my guys. Tease Tabor. Uh, to pull my list back up here, Tease Tabur, Sidney Jones, Desmond King, and my sleeper, Chidobi Awuzi, the cornerback from Colorado. So that's going to do it for me. We're going to take one more quick break, and then we'll close out the show and tell you what you guys can expect on our show next week. All right, team, that's going to do it for this episode of the Page of the Podcast. Please remember to give us a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks again to Hi209 and Joshua Morse for the fancy schmancy music. And thank you, as always, to Nick, Larry, and Michael Angie. Next week, we transition away from defense, and we go to the big uglies on offense. We're going to be talking a little offensive line, see who the Patriots might pick up later in the draft. We know how much they love bringing in late-round offensive tackles. And boy, oh boy, has Dante Scarnecchia been busy. We'll tell you about all the offensive linemen he's brought in for a visit and a couple of late-round guys that the Patriots might draft. All that and more on the next episode of the Patriots Bee Podcast. Please remember to keep sending me adorable puppy pictures. Um... On uh, uh, on Twitter, remember you can find me at CLNS underscore Sportsteen. And thanks again. Uh, where, where's my boy? I got I got to pull up his name again. And give him another shout out. This guy this guy keeps sending me pictures, and you know it, it, it it's awesome. Where 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 where's his name? There he is, Devin Pride, D A Pride ninety three. Thank you so much for the pictures. Keep it up, man. I'm I'm never I'm never gonna say no 
to Puppy Pictures. That's going to do it for me. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend.